Agutavach. All right, so today's daf is daf Lamed Beis, page 32 of Masechus Beya. And we are going to pick up from the words, Tirza Lach Reisha. All right, Tirza Lach Reisha is one, two, three, four, five lines from the top of the Amud. All right, 32a. But this is the middle of a conversation, so let's remind ourselves what's going on over here. On Lamed Aleph Amud Beis. We had a conversation about um, covers of holes in the ground. Okay, example we gave is let's say a sewer cover that has uh, that has uh, an attachment with a rope. So we're we're particularly focusing on an opinion of Shmuel. Shmuel was of the opinion that you're allowed to untie ropes that connect the cover of the hole to the ground. Okay, that was Shmuel. Um, Shmuel said, however, you're not allowed to open up the rope, unravel the rope, and you're not allowed to cut the rope. You're just allowed to untie it. That was Shmuel. Shmuel, however, also said that when it comes to vessels, the halacha is you can open it by untying, by cutting, and by unraveling. Okay, so again, when it, something's mechobar lekarka attached to the ground, says Shmuel, you're only allowed to untie it. You're not allowed to cut it or unravel the rope. When it comes to vessels, you're allowed to do all three. You're allowed to untie, you're allowed to unravel, you're allowed to cut. We had a question, who's Shmuel following? He doesn't seem to follow any time of our Mishnah. And we ended off by learning a brisa together, which says that you're allowed to untie covers that are connected to the ground, uh, without cutting, so far so good, and by a um, and by a vessel on Shabbos, you can untie but not cut or unravel, and on Yom Tif you can do everything. So since you see a Tana who says on Yom Tif you can do everything, this is Shmuel's opinion. All right, so that's where we pick up. Says the Gemara, Tirzah You just explained um, the part of Yom Tif. The problem's like this. Shmuel also said that when it comes to vessels on Shabbos, you're allowed to do all three. You're allowed to cut, untie, and unravel, even on Shabbos. This Bryce doesn't say that. This Bryce says on Shabbos, you're permitted to untie, but you're not allowed to cut or unravel. So that's the Gemara's question here. How are we going to far end for, how are we going to answer and find the Tana who backs up Shita Shmuel as far as Hocha Shabbos is concerned? It says the Gemara. Here we go. How money? Who's going to be the Tana? Who backs up Shmuel? All Kalim may only be taken in the way of their normal use. Okay? And therefore, um, when you're cutting a rope, when you're cutting a rope um, that's connected to a clee, there's no malacha, there's no issue over here because it's not going to be saiser as far as, uh, as far as Hocha Shabbos. You see, we find the Tana who says even as far as Hocha Shabbos, um, um, you, you're only forbidden to do things that are the derech tashmishan, that are in the way of a If it's not derech tashmishan, it's going to be permitted. Says the Gemara, one second, Ereb Nechemia, my area Shabbos. According to Nechemia, this rule applies always. 
Why is he dealing with Shabbos? I feel Yom Tov Nami. We're going to say that Reb Nechemia says Shabbos Yom Tov is different because Bein Shavos Shabbos was Yom Tov. Maybe there's enough green between what the Rabbanan established when it comes to uh, when it comes to laws of Yom Tov and when it comes comes to the laws of Shabbos. Meaning, perhaps we're going to be more strict about Hilcha Shabbos. Is that true? But we learned in a different b'risa concerning Reb Nechemia. You're allowed um, to take um, vessels and throw them into the fire to be used as firewood. A regular used vessel. I need, I'm, I'm short on firewood. I'm like, you know, my zaydi is very cold. I don't have enough wood. So I'm allowed to take my wooden cereal bowl and throw it into the fire to keep the fire going to keep somebody warm. However, you're not allowed to do that if it's already a broken vessel. Okay? Why? Because it's moktza. It's broken. doesn't have a use. It's moktza. I can't touch it. Vitanya, idach. We learned in a brisa elsewhere. You could use whether it's a regular vessel, whether it's a broken vessel. It's allowed. You say, listen, you know, even though Enechanami has a, used as a kli, it doesn't have a purpose. But now that I'm using it as firewood, it's not moktza. Umishani. And we answered these two prices like Kasha, Harab Yehuda, Harab Shimon. The first price, uh, which says you're not allowed to use a broken vessel, follows Rabbi Yehuda's approach to Muktza, who says everything's Muktza unless it's set aside for use. The second one that says it's permitted follows the approach of Rabbi Shimon, who says that everything is not Muktza unless it's not set aside, right? He's Harab Nechemia, Harab Shim, Harab Nechemia. And this, this uh, last price that we're talking about is talking about Rabbi Nechemia, who says that nothing is permitted to be used. So you see from over here that um, if Rebbe Chem is just as strict on Yom Tif as he is Shabbos. So now let's get to what we said before. If, we're back to our question, if Rebbe Chem is going to permit something or is going to actually prohibit, is, not, is going to, to asser something for Hilchis Shabbos, the same thing should apply to Hilchis Yom Tif. He's strict, says the Gemara, okay, uh, the, an answer which is two students with different approaches at Reb Nechemia, it's two different ways to quote Reb Nechemia. Either Reb Nechemia holds that Shabbos and Yom Tif should be alike, or Reb Nechemia is of the opinion that Yitaka would be usher on Shabbos and not be usher on Yom Tif. Okay. Another way to answer up that contradiction. Period. End of that Gemara. Next Mishnah. Here we go. About a third of the way down on Lamed Bez Amad Aleph 32a. Okay, we're going to have another Mishnah Bez Hashem on Amad Bez. Here we go. We're going to discuss over here Hilchas Yamtip as far as creating a vessel. You're not allowed to open up a lamp. What do you mean open up a lamp? You're not make a hole in a lamp to make it a receptacle. You're making a vessel. You're also not allowed to make Pachamim. You're not allowed to make coals on Yom Tif, okay? The Ein Chaitchen Natsapsilo. You're also not allowed to cut wicks. You're allowed to cut a wick with a fire, all right? We'll learn this in the Gemara. I should learn the fire. Gemara's going to explain what this process was. So the Tanakhama says, you're not allowed to cut a wick. Rabbi says, however, if you do it with a fire, it's going to be allowed. All right, let's start with the first case of the Mishnah. 
Who is the Tana who says that to, to, to make a hollow area inside of a lamp makes it into a mana, makes it into a vessel? Um, Rabbi Yosef Yosef says, Rabbi Meir, this is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. At what point is a vessel capable of becoming Tomei? Now, in order for something to become Tomei, it has to have the status of a Kli. It's got to be a vessel. Before it's a vessel, it's not capable of becoming Tomei. So at what point in the process is it called a vessel? Says the Brisa. Okay? When it's Melacha is done. What's the Melacha? The fashioning of it. Rabbi Meir. It's not enough to fashion it. It has to be hardened in the oven. Okay? So, you see from over here that according to the first opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Meir, he must be the time of our prize, which says, once you hollow out, a, you, that is forbidden to hollow out a lamp on Yantif because that makes it a cleat. Because when it comes to the laws of Tuma, he says that as soon as it's hollowed out, it's capable of becoming Tomei. You see that uh, that something takes on this, the status of a kli from its shaping. Amalei Abai, Abai says, Mimai, how do you know that the two halachas of tuma and fashioning of a vessel go hand in hand? Maybe Rameir says that it's makabal tuma as soon as it's done with the fashioning. Um, because then it's capable of, of holding something. Okay? Most of the place, Avalhacha, but over here, Lamai Chazi. If there's, if it's, uh, um, if it's not hollowed out, what else is it going to be fit for? It says the Gemara, the Kabuli Beib Shite for holding, uh, for holding Shite. Shite is like coins, okay, for holding uh, like coins, money, things of that sort. It's capable of holding, and that's why Rameir is going to say that the same way by the laws of Toma, it takes on a status even before it's in the oven. Because it's capable of holding fruit or something of that sort, as Rashi explained. So to over here, even though it's not going to be capable of holding oil, but since it can hold coins, it already has the status of a kli. Hence, Rav Meir can be the ton of our Mishnah who says, once it's hollowed out, it is a vessel and it's usher to do it on Yom. You could tell me those of the conversation differently. Amr Gaisif Gaisif says, Rabbi Lazar Rav Tzadiki, it's not Rav Meir, it's Rav Lazar Rav Tzadik. It's not within the Mishnah. Ophasen charaniyais tahayrez ba'ayol hames. Ilfes charaniyais. When you have a plate of called a charaniyais type of plate, these things are tahar in an ayol hames. When you have a dead body um, together with this plate, utameyas b'masa zav and their tummy when a zav carries it. Rav Lazar Rav Tzadik Aimer. Rav Lazar b'Rabbi Tzadik, the son of Rav Tzadik, says. After Hires Masazov, they also become tar a tummy when their tar when a zav carries it lefishla nigma melachta, because there's no gemar melacha. Okay, now what are these chroniyos plates? What are these uh, types of plates? So these are plates that really are technically capable of being used, but the process is not done. They're not. They don't really have a receptacle yet. All right, it's like it's kind of flat. You can place your food on it, but it doesn't have the the hole. That really should be there throughout. So you see from over here, Reb Lazar Reb Tzadik holds that when you get this, this uh, charaniyais, this elfosin charaniyais, these plates of charaniyais are capable of becoming tamay even before the process is done, which seems to be our Mishnah, right? Which says that it's usher to even begin hollowing out before the process is done.
Because they're capable of holding something. Okay? But over here in our Mishnah, by the hollowed out lamp, what is it fit for? It's fit for holding coins. And therefore, the time of our Mishnah could be Rabbi Lazar. That is the other way to understand the, the statement of Rabbi Yisif. Either it's Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Tzadik. Tan Rabban, the rabbis learned, so should we, in Pogsin Asaner, you're not allowed to hollow a lamp. You're not allowed to make a charaniyas. On Yomtif, Rabbi Shem Ben Gamliel Matir, Bo Fosser Charaniyas. Rabbi Gamliel says you are allowed to make these plates because it's not considered enough of a receptacle. There's not enough of a hollowed out area. And it's just considered a flat plate. And it, it, even though technically you could put food on it or whatever, it holds it, it's not, uh, you, you can't call it a cleat. My charanias, where does this, where, where does charanias come from? What type of word is this? Amravuda iranias. My iranias, what is iranias? Amravaye, tsae chak layasa. Tsae are, tsae chak it's plates of the townspeople. People didn't have these big fancy machines. And they would make use of even simpler types of vessels. So that's the type of plate that we were handling, we were discussing in the Brisa. Okay, Givaldi. Let's wrap this up till the two dots. Zuck the Gemara. Vein Eisen Pachamim. You're not allowed to make Pachamim. You're not allowed to make coal. Pshita, Lamai Chazi. Yeah, why would you be allowed to make coal? Okay, you're not made. It's not food. Yeah, it's not. It's not food. Are you turning it into a vessel? Let's see. So the Gemara says, you know, well, why would it be allowed? It's it's to tell us that you're not allowed to give it to Ulyarin. Ulyarin, Rashi says over here are mechame chamen umerchetzois These are people who are in charge of heaving up the fires of the bathhouses that people would need for yomtif. Okay? To warm up water for that particular day, for that day of yomtif. All right? So, you might say, Zot Rashi, you might say that maybe I'm allowed to make the coals because I'll give the coals to, to the uh, people who, who are in charge of the fires underneath the bathhouses, and this is a yomtif use. Mashmalan, you're not allowed to do it. Says Gemara, one second, you're allowed to take a hot bath on Yamtiv. Are you allowed to take a hot bath on Yamtiv? Why would I think you're allowed to heat up the coals, make coals to give to these people who heat up the fires so people can take baths on Yamtiv when you're not allowed to take a bath on Yamtiv? Says Gemara, Kedamarava, Lahazeya. You're allowed to go take a Schwitz. And this is before the Gzera. Eventually, there was a decree. They, they weren't even allowed to go to the Schwitz. They might come to to bathe, but before that decree, it was permitted to use in a to to uh, it would, they they would make fires to make a Schwitz for people. So I would think that you're allowed to make coals for those who stoke the fire for the Schwitz. Okay, Gavaldi. Period. You're not allowed to cut a wick into two wicks. Says Reb Yehuda, you're allowed to use a fire. Why am I not allowed to cut a wick in half with a knife? Top of them would be 
because you're making a new wick. I had one long wick, and now I'm making two wicks. It's misakein mona. So I can understand why I'm not allowed to cut it in half with a knife. But ask the Gemara, if making one wick into two wicks is tikkun mona, it's making a new entity, which is forbidden on Yontem, so baranami. According to Buda, why am I allowed to do it with a flame? Why am I allowed to cut a wick in half by, by, by letting a flame and then separating it? Come misakein mona. You're making a new wick. Answer the Gemara, Tony Rabchia. Yeah, he he um, cut it in half with a wick. When um, you have both ends of a long wick, each one put into two different lamps, and then I light the center of that wick. Okay, so since I'm doing that, I'm lighting it at that time. Lemaisa, think about it. What's going to happen? I'm going to light the middle of this long wick that's dipped into the two candles or the two lamps, it's going to light on fire, and then what happened? Each wick is going to separately on its own just move over to its own lamp. So I would say it, it, it's not, the, the action is not an action of Tikkun Mana because my action was just lighting a lamp on fire, and afterwards it went on its own and split up. Maybe it's allowed. Okay? Um, fine. That's why, that, that's when Rabbi Huda allows it. If you're allowed to clean up a wick on Yom Tov. To take off the dark part of the wick. You know, once a wick is lit, the top becomes blackened. You're allowed to remove the, the, the black part of the wick in order to make it more stark, to, to solidify it and make it a more robust wick without the blacks on the end. Okay. Tani Barkapara. Barkapara taught us. Yeah. Vav Dvarim Nemru Bipsila. There are six things that are taught about wicks. Gimel Ahachmer, six, I'm sorry, three of the six are strict halachas. The Gimel Lahakal. And three are lenient halachas. Lahachmer. Which halachas are strict? Here we go. You're not allowed to create wicks on yomtif. The word gaidel is to like raise, you know. Now let her, you know, let her, uh, make a wick on yomtif. You're also not allowed to be mehavhavim it. Okay? Now, mehavhavim actually is something that many people have accustomed to do every Arab Shabbos. Generally, if there's a woman in a house, the woman's the one to light Shabbos candles. When the woman has a man, and let's say she's married, some people have a minug that the man lights the Shabbos candles before his wife lights it, and then blows it out. Because very often, wicks have like residue around it, or wax around it, and if you light it once and blow it out, it makes it easier to ignite the second time. Okay? Many people have a custom that since it's the, you know, the woman who actually lights it, the man wants a little bit of the mitzvah. See, he lights it, blows it out, and now it's easier for her to light. Okay? So that's mahavavim. Okay? You're not allowed to davka, go ahead and, and make that wick prepared 
for the mitzvah on Yom Tov. You also can't cut it in half. Okay. Where are the three lenient halachas? You're allowed to be Okay, you're allowed to, if the wick is already created, you can kind of tighten it up with your fingers. Vishura b'shemen, you're also allowed to um, soak it in oil to make it easier to light. And you can cut it in half as long as you're not using a knife and you're using a flame, then it's permitted, which was the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. The rich people in Babel will eventually go down to Gehenim. Why are we saying this? Because we have a few interesting Agarita Gemaras now. Okay, till the mission. Like the story of Shabsai Bar Marinos. He went to Babel. And he wanted to do business there. And the people in Babel, the Yidin in Babel, didn't allow him to, uh, they, they refused to invest with him. Okay? They refused to invest with him. So he says, listen, you're not going to let me have business here. I don't have parnasa. I need food. They said, listen, you're not from here. We're not feeding you. Omar Home Arab Rab Kaasu. Home Arab Rab Kaasu. These people come from the Arab Rab. Yeah? You know the famous Arab Rab that joined us in the Midbar. Yeah? They don't have they don't have the, the right DNA. Because Brogu says a Yid is a bar is a Rachama. Kom Rachim Alabriais. Anybody who has Rachmanus and somebody else, you know that he's from the, the, the children of Avram Avinu. Anybody who doesn't have Rachmanus in their blood, pretty powerful statement. Anybody who looks at other people's tables, okay, meaning dependent on others. It is a dark world for him. Okay? It's a dark world for him. It's difficult to live like that. A person who is a naidid, a person wandering around. He says, what he says for the to the bread, where 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 are you? He says to the bread, where are you? Yada he knows he knows that the it's 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 uh, days of nighttime are uh, are ahead of him. Rav says, His life is not also a life. Very powerful uh, idea over here, which is anybody who lives dependent on others cannot really live. You know why? Because you're too busy being indebted to actually live according to MS. There's too much dependency on these other people. You can't rock their boat. If you do, you're not going to have lunch. Right? Which means that life is not a life. Because as the great Kotzker Rebbe would say, if I am I because you are you, and you are you because I am I, then I am not 
truly I and you are not truly you. I'm, I'm acting like why. I'm acting a particular why. I'm acting like I, because you are you. I need to do what you tell me to do. Then I am not truly I, and, right? And vice versa. So it's not life. You could be breathing, you could be eating, you could be living, you could be doing mitzvahs. But to actually live an individualized life, which is for the Rabbanishalim and for nobody else, it's, it's practically impossible to do if somebody's dependent on, on others. Because there, there's too much, uh, there's too much uh, being indebted to them. Tadarabon. Three lines before it gets wide. Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis. Tan Rabban, the rabbi has learned, and that's why they're rabbi. Kim O'chayim, Ein M'chayim. There's three people whose lives are not lives, meaning they can't live life to their own uh, personal fullest. Ve'ilu hain, ha'matzap l'shokhan g'veret. A person who's dependent financially on others. Umisha ishtoy m'yishalosalov. A person whose wife dominates him. Umisha yasurin m'yishlan g'ufay. Or a person who has tremendous physical pain. Also, somebody who only has one chaluk, somebody who has one garment. Okay? Which, uh, which says the Gemara, the Tanakama. What about the Tanakama? What is he, what's this whole deal with the garment? The, you know, he only listed three. Efshar Dama'ayim Bimane. He says, you know, there's there's a way to get rid of of the uh, of the issues of life. If you have one garment, what the Gemara means over here is that there's, you know, there, you know it's going to be dirty, you know there's going to be bugs on it, there's going to be lice on it, um, and uh, and therefore there, there's too much going on to allow the person to function appropriately. So when a person's physical arrangements are very itchy, <laughs> very dirty, very not um, uh, you know, not prepared for them in a functioning way, it's very difficult to live as a proper Ebed Hashem. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. But Tanakama left that out. He says, you know why? Because it's actually, there, there's ways to still live. There's ways to still live and to get, you could actually, it's up to you to get rid of that, right? The other three, <laughs> you know, sometimes it just is what, it is what it is. You don't really have total control. But this, if a person has the patience, he could talk a, he could talk a live with this uh, this one garment. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to continue on in Hochis Yamtiv. Uh, we're going to, you know, we've been talking about creating vessels and cutting wood. We're going to use that same conversation and kind of wean ourselves back into um, how it connects to food preparation. So here we go. Zokta Mishnah. Ein shayvrim es hacheres. You're not allowed to break pottery. Ve'ein chaitchin haniyar. You're not allowed to cut paper. Litzlice boy maliach. In order to roast maliach, Rashi says salted fish. Okay? Now, why salted fish? So... Rashi explains that um, they would break things. It's not smart to put your fish directly on the barbecue because the outside will get cooked while the inside is raw. So they would make 
separations between the fish and the fire so that it would take more time and it's more generalized heat so the fish could cook in a in a better way the what people would do is they would take pottery and put it in between the fish and the fire or a piece of paper okay so you're not allowed to break the pottery or cut the paper in order to do this process of cooking fish main you're also not allowed to be a guy if you're not allowed to shovel out the uh these different types of ovens but you're allowed to be mechabish mechabish rashi says um is to move aside some of the ashes so it doesn't get on the food you're not allowed to take two battle two two barrels um in order to put a pot on top of them okay it's kind of making a uh Heimische type of oven okay with the, they would they would hang the pots above the fire so the guys gonna say listen i don't really have something to hang my pot on here i'm gonna i'm gonna build a fire on the floor Take two barrels, put them on either side of the fire, put a rod across, and hang my pot. Says the mission, you're not allowed to move those barrels. You're also not allowed to put a pot, uh, hold up a pot, lean the pot on bibakas, on a piece of wood. Okay? Rashi says, Muksa, Vachain Bedelas, or to adore, you're also not allowed to guide an animal. With a uh, shepherd stick on Yomtif or a staff, we'll call it. Um, that's called, you know, uh, moving the animal. Rabbi Lazar Shimon says it's mutter to move the animal with, uh, using this uh, staff, using the shepherd's, uh, shepherd's rod. Okay, here we go. Let's get into this Gemara. Zog to Gemara. My timer. What is the reason for the ratio of the Mishnah that you're not allowed to make take the pottery or the paper to get your fish not burnt? We show them to come in money. It's tikkun money. It's like you're, make, you're making a new entity. Yet now you've changed your pottery into a uh, an oven grate. Okay. Main garf and tanabi crime. Not allowed to shovel out your ovens. Tani mutter. If you need to shovel it out in order to make room for your food. Or for whatever reason is going to get in the way of, of your food, then it's then it's permitted. It's going to be allowed. Okay. The visit of of his wife, She had a brick that fell off of her oven on Yamtif. Chazi Al He says that um, that uh, she's allowed to you know fix up that oven in order to make good bread the covered Yamtif. Roast a, a avsa, roast for me a goose. There is dahar and be zohir, be careful, be very careful about burning it. Now Rashi says, what is he hinting to over there? He's saying, I want the ashes out of the way. I don't want any of the black burnt stuff on the bottom. He was saying that you're allowed to move those ashes. It's considered regular food prep to do this and it's not like machshire, you know, it's not like a additional, you know, a step in advance which which Tanoim did not allow. Omar Ravina Ravashi Ravina says to Ravashi, Omar Lon Rav Acha Mi Hutzel Rav Acha from the city of Hutzel 
said to us, Demar Sharkinlay Tanura um that um I was told, no, he he told us, Rav Acha from Hutzel told us that Rav Ashi permitted people to be Sharkin Tanura. Sharkin Tanura is, I'm not sure what the actual, um, I'm not sure what the actual uh, word for this is. I could just explain to you what Rashi says over here. Rashi says, Sharkin Tanura Avdei Adaini, third white line in Rashi. Avdei Adaini Tochen Svivais, Kisoi Piatanur Betit, that the servants of our master were allowed to spread um, plaster around the edges of the oven, Shlo Yotza Chaimai, so the heat should not come out while it's roasting. Shaharuach Kosha Litzli, Vitemal on Mosem Yishum, the Gavul Tit told the Glishu. All right, the, the issue over here was is that this plaster that they would make would need to be kneaded together. And Rav Ashi uh, still permitted it. The question is why? Amar so he says, Anan Araksa defros samchinan, because um, we, we have like ready-made uh, mud from Paras, from the Euphrates. But you have to have that ready-made mud prepared before Yom Tif, And that's why I allowed my servants to do it, because they didn't make it on Yom Tif. Amar Avina v'kit mashari. You're allowed to use kitma, you're allowed to use ashes. Okay, period. To seal off the oven. All right. Vein ma'kip and shtei chavyas. You're not allowed to set up these two barrels on either side of a fire and hang your pot. Kind of like a makeshift stove. Amar of Nachman. Avarim shal basic, he's saying, mutzah zadim v'yomtev. You're allowed to set up stones of a base hakise, okay? Um, which is, uh, Rashi explains, when they would have an outhouse, so they would have stones that they would sit on in order to make it easier to use the bathroom. Eisvei, Rabbi Lerav Nachman, Rabbi asked you a question, Lerav Nachman, Ein ma'kif in shtei chavyayiz, lish b'yisaleyam ezakadere, you gotta set up these barrels, to make a makeshift oven. So why, if you're not allowed to set up barrels, do we allow people to set up stones? Yeah, the Gemara's at this point, the assumption is, you're not allowed to like set things up to, like you're creating an entity just by positioning, putting things into proper position, you know? So I'm like, no, there's a big difference between your oven and the bathroom, your outhouse. Shani hasam, mishom deka oven oyala. Okay? The issue with the barrels is that if you put them side by side, you're going to end up hanging your pot. You're going to end up making an oil. It's going to end up being like a tent. All right? Um, now, by the bathroom, you're just going to sit on those stones. So, therefore, it's allowed. Um, the issue, again, the issue is not the... We, we thought the issue was the arrangement. The answer is the issue is not the arrangement of the stones or barrels. The issue is you can't arrange the barrels because you're setting yourself up to create an oil. Person who makes a platform on Yomtiv, you didn't make a tent. You should be allowed to make something as long as it's not. You're saying you're allowed to arrange things, you're allowed to set things up, you're allowed to make a vessel as long as not an oil. Well, a chair, you're going to sit on top of this chair, you're going to sit on this itzdeva, this platform that's meant to go on top of a chair, a bench, whatever it is. 
By the barrels, it's going to be there. It's a keva, permanent. A temporary binyan, the Torah does not answer because Rabban al binyan arayim bishum binyan keva. Right? By the uh, by the outhouse, you're right. By the chair, it's going to be a problem. But by the outhouse, it's not a problem. Why? Covenant bris, covenant bris. Um, the whole issue we're dealing with over here, anyways, then the Rabban, the Rabban were in Kaiser when it came to Kavod Abriyas, they never made a Gzera because of a concern of a Daraisa when it comes to Kavod Abriyas. Okay. Omar Rav Yehuda. Here we go. Omar Rav Yehuda says, bottom line, Hai Medorta, this big fire, right? We're familiar with this type of fire from Lag Vaymer. A big fire. Milmala Lemata Shari. You're allowed to build Call it a bonfire, yeah, with a lot of wood. You're allowed to build it from top to bottom. You could start from the top, meaning stand up the wood. Okay, well, you want, look at my head. Stand the wood from the top and then set it up toward the bottom. However, to build your bonfire from the bottom up is going to be usr. Why? Because it's like you're building something. You're creating an entity. The chain, top of tomorrow's daf. And the same thing is true with eggs. Okay? Um, if you're setting up an egg because you want to cook it, the halacha is you have to start from top to bottom. You hold the egg and you start your thing that's going to hold the egg to cook it from the top and then eventually you build it down uh, because they would make like these bonfire style type of things, uh, uh, pieces of wood to sit the egg on, and then they would make a fire in the middle to roast it. So you got to start from top to bottom in order to make it not an issue of vayna, v'chein kadeira, and the same thing is true when you want to hang a pot, v'chein poria, same thing is true when you want to set up a poria, okay? A poria, Rashi explains, is kind of like a, uh, a uh, portable bed, more like a hammock, that uh, it's easy to take up and take down, like tarp. And the same thing is true with the barrels. Okay, with the barrels as well, um, a person should um, a person should start from uh, top to bottom, and only afterwards put. Let's say you have two, so one person should hold one, stick the bottom one in. Now I have two, and then I could start putting things on top of them if you're trying to stack barrels. But again, it shouldn't be done in the normal way. Otherwise, you're going to run into the issue of baina, the issue of building. Okay? You're also not allowed to um, uh, you're also not allowed to lean your pot on a bakas, on a piece of wood. You're also not allowed to put it on a door. What do you mean a door? Why would you hold up a a uh, a cooked pot with a door? The door also should is not if you have a door, that door is not allowed to be held up uh, in the usual manner with wood. Meaning you're allowed to use the wood for fires, for food, any other purpose to hold up a door, to hold up something else. Is not going. The the wood is going to remain muktzah, and you're not allowed to use it. Period. End of the Gemara. We're at three lines. We have the two dots. 
from the top of Lamagimur Amar Aleph and Bezas Hashem. We will pick up from here tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.